whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That sounds like a party. My, my voice is like halfway gone this week, so it's, it's, it's just not like normal. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are on the air everywhere, heard all over the country on great radio stations like... Yeah, we, that we, one. We still don't know what radio stations somebody, we're on. Somebody send us an email at and tell us. At some point, at. they're going to tell us. Uh, we, this is you know, this is fairly new. We've only been doing this for like four or five weeks uh, on radio, but uh, but we you know we envisioned the show originally as a radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza. So we've now successfully launched into all of those uh, venues, and of course, we're heard uh, all around the world on uh, you know great uh, streams and video uh, platforms like uh, YouTube and spotify and and uh all you know all the others wherever you get your podcasts even if you're some of the weird ones like Deezer, if you can't find us you're not you know, looking that's right that's right we're every we're everywhere we're everywhere we're like roy kent we're every effing where uh so welcome to the program ladies and gentlemen it is show number 327 and we are very excited because we not only have a special guest we also have a guest. a guest, yeah. So, welcome first to our special guest, and we are really pleased uh, to welcome uh, Rachel Bloom, who is with Beam Centauri and specifically with uh, Maker's Mark. And you can see the Maker's Mark bottles here on the uh, They're on the stand. So beautiful. They're so pretty, aren't they? Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much this for having me. First time we've had you on, so this is very exciting for us. So. Yeah, I'm. Uh... So. I'm very excited to be here. It's not nearly as exciting for us to have guests who've been on like just so many times. Right. Well, like, like, you know, this guy, uh, this is no, we're always we're always thrilled to have Alan Danny back on the show. Hey, every now and then I get to pop in. I like uh, pod crash is what you do. Pod which crash. Is, every now and then we invite you. But most of the time you just pod crash. True. Yeah. How can I not want to be on one of the top four percent of all podcasts worldwide? You do realize that, uh, Rich, we are we are, in fact, in the top four percent of podcasts in the world. And I can explain why. It has nothing to do with anything that Ian or I have accomplished, except for the fact that a recent statistic came out that said that only 4% of all podcasts ever, A, are still around, and B, did an episode last week. And we qualify for both of those. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> smoking and toasting in the top 4%, the top 4% of all you. podcasts ever. Giving Congratulations. Ourselves a small round of applause. So, uh, so we're really excited about getting to the Maker's Mark. We have a lot going on in today's show. Uh, we're going to be tasting some, I think, very interesting beers from Ingenious Brewing Company, one of the most creative breweries, I think, in the entire United States. I think every single time I have a conversation with Alan, we talk about Ingenious. They are just a little north of us here. They're <laughs> up in Conroe, uh, Texas. They have a Berliner Weiss that we're going to be tasting today, and it's called uh, Join the Tart Side. And maybe Adam will put the graphic up of the of the, the, the B-roll side. because it's got this very sort of Star Wars uh, vibe to it, uh, Join the Tart Side. And it's interesting because when you think of Ingenious, you have a tendency to think of either they're like about every three hours they put out a new IPA. And it's something crazy and wild. Yeah, and like then they have a, some amazing stouts and porters as yeah, well. It's so, like an orange sherbet IPA right, or yeah, some something kind of something crazy. <laughs> but this is a this is a Belinderite style ale. So interested in uh, in checking that out. And then from another of our favorite breweries, uh, Dogfish Head Craft Brewery in uh, Milton, Delaware, we'll be tasting their double golden ale called Citrus Squall. 
Mm, I so, haven't tried that. That sounds interesting, right? And then, of course, uh, you know, we're doing all favorites today because probably my personal favorite brewery in Austin, Texas, is 512. Oh, it's, it's very good. And Ian has brought us their uh, 2022 Whiskey Barrel Aged Double Pecan Porter. So... That plus I'm going to pretend mark. like I've never had it before, but okay, yeah. dang, it's good. <laughs> okay, very good. We're <laughs> I mean, it sounds to that. good. <laughs> we'll also uh, be trying, I believe, five different expressions. That, is that right, of Maker's Mark? That's right. Um, these are all our Maker's Mark Private Select, um, which is a program that allows us to create completely custom recipes. Um, they're all completely unique from one another. And so these five are five expressions in one <coughs> series that we did in partnership with uh, Spec our liquor store here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, this ode to Texas, uh, you'll see each of them has a very Texas-y theme to it. Cool. Well, uh, not only is obviously Texas whiskey becoming such a thing, but your predecessor, Mr. Krakenberger, uh, brought um, some of your expressions to a, an event we had called the uh, Whiskey Sniff. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it was close to being over, I walked over, because there were several of these really special releases like this. I walked over to the, the booth he was manning, and I said, uh, there's somebody at the front door that wants to see you. And I took what was left, uh, it was only a little bit left in each bottle, of uh, these really special Maker's Mark, because it was so good. And uh, uh, so I took them home. And uh, and I've just, I've, I've finished them now. They're gone. So I'm very <laughs> excited about being able to uh, to taste some of these and as if all of that weren't enough but wait there's but more <laughs> ian has brought a mystery spirit today. oh it's mysterious so, so we'll get to that in just a moment but before we do also want to tell you we have some cigars to watch for that we'll be telling you about uh we are going to try to talk about this 15 rare beers that you were going to want to track down right now, uh, yeah, right now. So it's, I, I think that's going to be very interesting. And as if all of that weren't enough, there is actually still more. Our most popular segment on the program uh, is called Drinking News. It's where we bring you a story from the news that is, you know, often very, very often actually about drinking. But even when it's not, it's always best to be listen to if you've been drinking we usually and have by that. the time we get to drinking news we've already been drinking so we qualify uh today's drinking news teaser headline is if you're drunk don't try this at home actually don't try it anywhere all right so we'll uh, look forward to uh, look forward to getting uh, to that oh, by the way another thing i've been seeing more and more about this and i have a short list we'll try to get to if we can today uh but not only is non-alcoholic beer becoming a real emerging category in the beer, non-alcoholic spirits are becoming a thing, too. And there's an actual article I picked up that we might have a chance to go to about the four best non-alcoholic whiskeys. Do you guys have a non-alcoholic whiskey? At Maker's Mark specifically, not at this time. Okay. Um, See, I, I love that answer personally, but uh, <laughs> that's just because I'm still trying to figure out what the point is of the non-alcoholic. But I guess there are some people that really shouldn't drink, but they you know shouldn't drink you know alcohol, but they still might want to enjoy the taste so. and don't really want a Shirley Temple, <laughs> right? Or or maybe they're the designated driver. So I can see where those things are are, are important. So uh, anyway, well we'll uh, hopefully talk about that as the program goes on. Ian, I I, I don't want to wait any longer. Let's break out your mystery spirit here. Uh, we we're already halfway through our first segment. That looks cloudy and homemade. Am I right about either of those things? <laughs> I, so you guys have to understand. The last My uncle time, make you no go blind. The, the, <laughs> la oh, no. the last time Ian brought a mystery spirit on this program, it was Malort. 
and I was malorded. Not <laughs> no, once, no, no, no. That's not the last time it was the mystery spirit. Last time I brought mystery spirit was barrel aged malort. Oh well, uh, excuse me. <laughs> you know, and barrel aging does so much to improve the malort experience. Malort, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely changes it. So you, know, uh, you, you gotta you gotta picture them there at the distillery going. So this you is know what we could do to make this better. This is two B sixty, okay? Okay. Um, and this is an experience. By the way, I see. am, so I don't need to worry <laughs> about what it's going to be like. Two B sixty. Two B I sixty. Oh, two B. Okay. Two B. Now, two B yes. is is one of those. You know, there, there's like eight hundred different uh, streaming services that do movies with commercials. Two B is one of those. I think it's owned by Clear Channel, which you know already makes, makes which already like gives it. this. A, yeah. a, so this is actually made in Israel. <laughs> okay. Does is there a meaning to the word Tubi? I have no idea what okay. the meaning of the word Tubi is. All right. So, um, but this is this is a spirit made uh, a new spirit made with lemon herbs, flour, and tree extract, specially designed for a refreshing. Wait, wait a second. Tree extract. <laughs> they squeeze a tree, and uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, a specially designed. I so don't trust for you. For a refreshing you and pleasurable experience. Oh. Um, oh, refreshing well. and pleasurable. Yeah, yeah, so, well. so bottled Those by Tubi Sixty Limited. Uh, Oviata Street, eighteen Haifa. I, I, I'm slaughtering it. Of course, produced Haifa, yeah, in Israel and imported yeah. by uh, Tex Avivi Importers, Austin, Texas. All right. So, you going to tell me where you got this? Or are you just so gonna... so? It was my birthday last week, and um, we went out to Austin and hung around, and had fun, and we had to. We got this hotel right there on 35, the uh, Aiden by Best Western. Pretty pretty okay little hotel. Yeah. Uh, and it's walking distance from a little place called the Whip Inn, which has I love the Whip Inn. Yeah, I mean, okay, so yeah. you guys know. You got to remember, I went to college in Austin, so the Whip Inn has received so the much Whip Inn was my fantastic. Money. Yeah, uh, but right next to it is a liquor store, <coughs> mm -hmm. and they had this at that liquor store. And my uh, my brothers uh, pitched in for this. Uh, How nice! My brothers and a I don't trust mine, your brothers uh, any more than I trust you. By the pitched way, pitched in for this, and we got it, and we all tried some of it. Um, uh -huh. Well, anyway, so I'm going to pull up a few facts about this while we all take a okay, take we, a drink. Are we ready? Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, yeah. cheers. All right, here we go. Cheers. And then uh, while you're enjoying your sip, I'll let you know a few things about it. Um, so um, 2B60 is about happiness. In its essence, it's a drink made and developed to provide positive <laughs> and uplifting by by happiness, you mean the happiness of the guy who's punking us. Did that's you pour you dirt in Malort? <laughs> it's a drink made and developed to provide a positive and uplifting kind of feel. If you ask people who love to drink Tubi, yeah. oh, there they are, are most likely to point out that feel is the main reason why they like it so much, not so much the taste. Like, I feel like this, I'm, I'm reading this off of the Tubi website. Dude, this is awful. This feel? is, this is Malort <laughs> level awful. This is horrible. The feel is what immediately jumped out at me um, right, right. before I even tasted it. I was a bit surprised yeah. about the, oh, the mouthfeel. Uh, I just took a second drink and then wondered, why did I do that? It's, it's got, a, it's got a, a, a certain lemony bitterness to it. Lemony bitterness. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. It's got um, <clears throat> it's got well, it's got bite and appeal. If if we're talking about like lemon peels, like right. Oh, it's got some it's definitely got like appeal in it because yeah, that's what yeah. it tastes like lemon. Peel. Kind of like you ever get a lime that you've had for too long, you haven't cut it yet, and the edges of the green lime have gone brown. Yes, that's the peel you're talking about. Yep. The best thing about this is after you take two or three sips, you really start to get the bitter woody thing going on mm. in there. That's a lot like the. Uh, I just like to point out that you just started a sentence with the best that, thing about this. There's nothing best about <laughs> this. No, thank this you, Alex. It's unique. So no, that's, and, that's and, the only word you can use for it. It is unique is a good good descriptor, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. That's uh, that's just like oh, 
I mean, I know this is not good. I don't know if unique is good. So as a way to after after we uh, after we enjoyed this, uh, a friend of mine looked up a uh, uh, looked up two B sixty to find out, and he sent me a message that said apparently we've been drinking this wrong, and he sent me this picture. Okay. Mm. Oh, so apparently this. Apparently that is the way. To, this is uh, how you're supposed to enjoy it. Okay. So what uh, we're looking at is an Abercrombie and Fitch ad from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy. The guy. The guy in this picture has a pour spout attached to his tubi, and he's just got it up again. Like oh this. my god! See. I remember, and nobody has a shirt on, so we, we should we should apparently be shirtless I remember, and with sunglasses enjoying yeah, this. I remember I'm not going to the, go there, but you know, there was a time when you know I might have you know participated in an activity like that, <laughs> but that was that was back when I did tequila shots. I haven't done tequila shots in years. Uh, yeah, if it's if it's not good enough to sip, I don't want it. You know, <laughs> well, there's that. And by the way, this is not good enough no, to it's sip. Pretty so bad. I do, not, I do not want but it. But so you you can now say that you've experienced it, and that's what matters. <laughs> well, and one of the things that we believe this program to be about, like, and I'm very serious about this, is we try to sample as many of these things as possible so that we can tell you, hey, this is something you might or might not be interested in. And in this case. You might not. You might not. Yeah. <laughs> you might not. So uh, that was very interesting. We'll tell you about. We'll talk to you a little bit about cigars <laughs> that we had this week uh, coming up in the next couple of segments. And I'm now. I'm hoping that. You know, we're going to wait another segment or two before we start with the Maker's Mark, and I'm just hoping that somehow this taste will go away. Yeah. Good luck we'll, with that. We'll be right back at smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and in some cases, really awful uh, spirits. Some cases, like not so just, fine spirits. Yeah, not so fine. Uh, Ian, I know we have a lot to cover on the show today, so I want to jump right into it and ask you if you've uh, had an opportunity I to smoke anything interesting. I did. I sat down today uh, with my buddy Alan. I smoked an HVC 10th anniversary uh, double Toro coming in at 65 <laughs> by 50. That sounds good. size. Um the wrapper, uh, Nicaragua, uh, Jalapa Corojo 99, Binders Nicaragua, Fillers Nicaragua, Corojo 99, Corojo 2012, and Corojo 98. That's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of different Corojo blends. Uh, obviously, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. The appearance, uh, light chocolate, milk-looking kind of wrapper, smooth with some veins, oily and leathery to the touch, inconsistent firmness overall the, uh, throughout the cigar, single band. Uh, this is HVC 20th anniversary on it. The pre-light sniff on this earthy and gentle barnyard notes, tea leaf, hint of coffee, some light fruit at the foot. The pre-light draw, I used a clip on it, had a medium draw, sweet and fruity uh, pepper and a tingle. I left a little tingle on the lips uh, from the tobacco leaf. Um, the initial light on this, it, had, it was a Nicaraguan pepper grenade because you lit it and you didn't get the Nicaraguan pepper blast. Uh, for a few moments. <laughs> oh, so it took a little while to go So it's like, it kind of like puff, puff, one, two, three. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, so there's a Nicaraguan uh, pepper grenade. Pepper and toast uh, with a nutty backbone on the initial light. The first third of this massive plumes of dense smoke made for great smoke rings. Uh, cedar and nutty notes lay down a foundation for pepper and toasty delivery system. A touch of leather and sweetness offsets the spice on the finish. Retrohale is sweet cedar and pepper. Solid ash, good burn. Second third of my cigar, fruity and nutty notes move forward and balance the pepper and toast. Intensity dips down to a medium without a drop in flavor. Cedar and leather on the finish. Retrohale's sweet cedar and pepper. Uh, solid ash, uneven burn. 
The last third of this, I tended to burn super quick with the lighter, tangy leather and sweet nuttiness weave throughout. Uh, strength ramps back up to full and remains balanced with the pepper and toast. Retrohale is sweet wood and spices, solid ash, perfect burn all the way through once I tended it. Nice. So this cigar was $15.20. Okay, so that's, that's... It was a pretty darn good cigar. Yeah, it's a super premium. But it gets a four and a half on the, uh, on the price to quality. And the reason is because... At fifteen dollars yeah. and twenty cents, it needs to wash your car for you. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> right? it, it's it's that's a pricey cigar. It is, um, and it wasn't a small cigar, but it was pretty pricey. So, <coughs> I feel like in that same price range, there's some padrones out there and some other placencias and sticks like that that really, really excel even in that price range. And this one, I would have been super happy paying twelve to thirteen dollars for it. So, our uh, price to quality scale that we use on cigars, it's a one to ten scale. But if we give something a five, it means we feel like you got exactly what you paid for, right? It was it was not overpriced, uh, it wasn't necessarily underpriced, but it was you know you, you you got your money's worth. So, to give something a four and a half does not mean it's not a good cigar. It just means that maybe at that price range. The competition might overshadow yeah. it uh, a little bit. So that's the way we look at it. So this is a short segment. I'm not going to have uh, time to go into what I uh, smoke. So uh, rather than do that, I'll do that in the next segment. Uh, but Rachel, tell us, give us a little preview of what we're going to be looking at here when we go into your special Texas series for Maker's Mark. Oh, a little preview. So um, as I mentioned, we have five different expressions that we're going to be tasting. Mm -hmm. And I will say that they are all pretty drastically different from one oh. another. I love this. So um, I can either, whatever your preference is, I can uh, kind of give you a quick rundown of some flavor profiles that we'll taste, or we can leave it up to you guys to I'm, taste them when you're ready. I'm assuming that there's five of them for the five points of the Lone Star, correct? Oh. Ah, you know, let's go with that. Let's go yes. with that. Yes. I think Retroactively, that's good. yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, we'll tell you what we get, and then you can tell us if we're anywhere close to what we're supposed to be getting out of that, because, you know. We're we're amateurs at this, but <laughs> but we've had a lot of practice, and we intend to practice more. That's right. In just a moment, it's smoking a toast, and we will be right back. Oh, I love that sound! Welcome back. It's smoking a toast, and our program is all about craft beer, fine Why spirits. Why does this mic smell like beer? And hand rolled cigars. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's uh, it's in tribute to Billy Joel, Piano Man. That's right. <laughs> That's why. Uh, so I just just wanted to mention, by the way, that as we're uh, getting into this, uh, I've now decided that I will not ever take a chance on trying to watch the Tubi streaming movie network because it's got the same name as that awful stuff that you bought us in the first segment. And I'm just, <laughs> you've ruined it for me. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. There are some things that I love though. And, uh, and one of them, if you've you know, watched the show a time or two, you may have come across this fact that I am a, an enormous fan of the uh, tobacco blendings of a man named A.J. Fernandez. And you can here, tell by the tattoo that you have on your arm. It yeah, says, I yeah. heart well, you should AJ. see the, You should see the one on my lower back, the tram stamp. You, uh, <laughs> you, you, you have lived, you've seen that one. Um, but here at Smoking and Toast, and I'd like to mention that we've never been invited to tour A.J. Fernandez's fields and factory in Nicaragua, You know, which kind of surprises me a little bit, seeing as I am a total geek fanboy. Yes, for his yes. uh, products. The man's a genius. He's a master chef. He's a mysterious wizard of tobacco. He's the Obi-Wan Kenobi of cigars. Am I embarrassing myself yet? <laughs> a little bit. Anyway, we've never been to his factory, but my understanding is when you're there and when the tour is over and at the end of the evening, AJ himself likes, likes to come around and pass out 
this these cigars of this particular blend of tobacco that he calls Last Call, and that's what the, where the name came from because he passes these around. I had always sort of understood Last Call to be AJ's more like bargain line because it's a little less expensive than most of the cigars. Not that his prices are uh, that high necessarily, uh, but to be honest, I was sort of hesitant to try it because I was afraid that. You know, I wouldn't like it as much as the other stuff, and it would tarnish my image of AJ up on that pedestal that I've conjured up in my mind. So in any event, I did smoke a Last Call Paquenas. Uh, it's the Corona size this week. It's actually kind of like a small Robusto. And other than the fact that the band looks a little less ornate than most of the other AJ creations, there was nothing about the appearance that suggested it was a bargain basement cigar. Uh, it had an uncut foot, which was kind of uh, interesting. I like the shaky um, foot. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, uh, which uses an Ecuadorian Habano Rosado wrapper, but that was grown in Nicaragua. So the primary note on the pre-light sniff and the cold draw was nuttiness. And it was pretty pronounced, which surprised me a little bit. Usually you get more like earth and and maybe barnyard on on the pre-light but i clipped it with my cigar uh, scissors and I lit the last call up and i got a sort of a milder version of the nicaraguan pepper blast it was there but it wasn't as big as what you get on like the new world or the uh, uh you know the encore uh the last call settled down from its mini npb and zeroed right in on a toasted nut flavor as its sort of dominant note hint of paprika a little bit of black pepper left a nice tang on the tongue i got the impression that the tobaccos used in the blend might be a little young, but if that's the case, AJ has blended the last call in such a way as to actually make that work. It's just like the beautiful thing, the way a high school dance may not be a performance of Swan Lake, but it's still a quintessential part it's of the coming of age experience. Almost like he's a genius. Is, you, you would think so. <laughs> Obi-Wan, you know, help me, Obi-Wan. I need a good smoke. Uh, bottom line, it was really good. Uh, the nuttiness continued into the second third. By smoking and, you, you make me more powerful than you can imagine. <laughs> I find your lack of cigars disturbing um the, anyway the nuttiness continued into the second third and really all the way to the end of cigars an oakiness started to come out on about the uh, midway point got stronger as i smoked the final third was nice and peppery with oak and toasted nuts the cigar was as i expected medium to full-bodied and construction wise i mean it smoked like a dream nice solid ash no burn or draw issues of any kind I wish I'd tried these a long time ago. I, I I don't know why I was being hesitant. I'll be adding a box to my humidor sometime soon. It's a small cigar, but at 5 to $6 a stick, it is so worth it and uh, a little bit more. Uh, thumbs up, recommended, and price to quality, I'll give it a 5.5. So batting just nice. a little bit above its yeah. uh, weight class. And, you know, that's at a, a, fairly, uh, a fairly low price. Oh, and AJ, about getting to tour your facility if you're listening Call we me. totally get how busy you are i'm sure it just slipped your mind we'll keep waiting uh, we're pretty much good anytime this summer so you know just yeah uh, so there you go that was my experience was yeah <laughs> well you know there's you know it's okay to be a fan of something right it really that guy, is that guy's yeah. pretty amazing yeah and he really is and you know ian you and i met him we met him at stogies yes. here in houston uh, but he doesn't speak English very well, so he had actually an interpreter with him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember I was like, tell him we really like his cigars. <laughs> I was like, such a fanboy, such a total geek. But uh, He totally geeked out. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. So I'm also a bit of a geek when it comes to Maker's Mark because, as I mentioned earlier, I, I got to take a couple of the – uh, remnants of the special bottles home from the whiskey sniff. And uh, boy, those were really, really good. So we have special bottles here today and we have uh, Rachel Bloom here to talk to us about them. So let's, let's start with, with one you, uh, which is always a good place to start. What's the first one that you poured us and did these 
all did they come out as a series all at one time or did they kind of trickle out one by one they did come out all at one time we released these um in honor of the houston rodeo uh and these are our first ode to texas series and i just want to mention by the way for anyone that is not from houston we have listeners all over the place the Houston Rodeo is a BFD. I mean, it is a really, really big it's, deal. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's huge. It's probably the biggest sort of social event in this city. People go who have absolutely zero interest in rodeo yeah. stuff. There's, you know, major artists that come and play every night. But more than that, it's just something that everybody goes to. I mean, the it's The concerts, just... the carnival, the... Uh, <laughs> right. The the fest, the fair, like the uh, all yeah. the booths with all the crafts and handmade and, stuff and by the way the greatest corn on the cob you've ever had in the uh in the festival area out there i don't know what they do before they roast that stuff but it's fantastic <laughs> largest barbecue cook-off in the world yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just the, the side huge. events that are out there performing so oh, yeah so it totally makes sense to do releases themed around that especially if you're in texas because it is i believe it's the biggest actual rodeo in the world it is yeah so uh so these came out for rodeo this year is that right uh yes we released them around the same time as the rodeo um mm -hmm. they are still available uh throughout texas at spec stores which uh -huh. again is um a texas liquor store and uh, you can you can uh you know visit it, it's worth a trip down to get some of the cool special stuff they have yeah specs always has a great bottle picks. i'm getting major cinnamon on the nose for this big time and caramel yeah and caramel and so this is already shaping up to be the kind of whiskey that i really really because that's that's where I like to go for. Oh, you should taste it. So very I appropriately, this one that I've started us with is called "This Ain't My First Rodeo." Oh, very cool. <laughs> and so each of these have a, a specific name like that, right? They do. Um, this five-part series has uh, five different names and five different uh, wood stave recipes as well. Mm. So, and that's where uh, their uniqueness comes from is the uh, individual wood stave recipes that uh, that go into the finishing process. This has got a little. Bit bit of a kick to it too what are we talking about here is this uh um, yeah you said they're all a little overproof right where's this one coming uh out? they are all cask strength um okay, all of go. our cask strength products will come out anywhere between 108 and 114 proof these are all going to be right around 109 what we're tasting right now is 109.5 it is beautiful you know it's funny because uh the, the the heat that you get from this like you, you know you're drinking a whiskey right up front, but not in an obtrusive way. And then the whiskey hug that comes in afterwards and just right. kind of envelops you. Well, like, and it's got so much flavor like up front on the tongue, and then you're right, the whiskey hug that comes back in on on the backside, just kind the, of like. Yeah. This is like the 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 sweet notes and the cinnamon in there, but the wood, the charred wood that comes through, and yeah. this is massive. Didn't surprise me that you uh, talked about the wood staves because this has definitely got some some uh, some wood aging to it. Alan, you're a whiskey guy. What do you think? It's I. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it it's really sweet up front mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. um, but that little sometimes a uh, uh, sweeter, especially if it's like a pure corn whiskey that. Too sweet can be a little off-putting sometimes. Mm -hmm. This isn't overly sweet, but it's got that great burn mm -hmm. from being cast strength that just melds with it perfectly. This is, this is serious. This is really good. Yeah, there's it's a, serious. There's a slight astringency, too, on the aftertaste that that has to be from that 
oak uh, stays that just so good and just kind of finishes everything up really nice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I get um I get uh, quite a bit of brown sugar flavor mm. out of this yes, one for sure. Um, for sure. But I think also the finish. Um, there's a very nutty, toasted oak kind of mm-hmm. creamy quality to the finish that uh, prevents it from being overly sweet. Um, you know, through the full taste. Just out of curiosity, how different should we expect each of these expressions to be based on what you know of them? Quite different. That's they, so yeah. interesting because this Love still it. this still has that kind of classic maker's mark. Uh, taste to it, but it, it's there's definitely more. There's more going on. It's definitely got a bigger profile, uh, uh, a lot bigger kick. Uh, and you said what one oh nine point one oh nine point five. Yeah, it's one of the frequencies where you can hear the show now. Yeah, one oh nine point five. Today's hits and yesterday's <laughs> favorites. That's right. And spoken <laughs> with less talk and more soft rock. <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, that is something that we're able to achieve with wood stave finishing. Is mm. that um, super dynamic uh, mm-hmm. difference throughout our um, our private select? When you, when you use wood staves, do they also go? In a barrel, and then you add the staves, or do you do you put them in something else, and the staves are where you get the wood from? That's a great question. So, what we do for wood stave finishing is we are going into a fully aged and fully matured barrel of Maker's Mark, still at cask strength. Okay. It's ready to go, so it will no longer be aging or maturing at that point. Okay. Um, it will go into our limestone cellar, which is naturally around 50 degrees year-round in temperature, and um, we'll insert those 10 wood staves right into that fully aged barrel and then put that uh, in that cool uh atmosphere right. for um it only takes nine weeks actually also really? for that for, uh, for all that got, yep. it's got quite a bit of that wood stave uh oaky kind of vibe to it so this oh yeah the, the stave profile on the front is uh, interesting mm-hmm. so you give the amount of different staves that you have three uh baked american pure Four Maker's Mark 46, one roasted French uh, Mendiant. Mondiant, yes. Mondiant, okay. And toasted French, two toasted French uh, spice. So it's interesting that the recipe, so to speak, is on there. When, yes. When you guys do these together with specs, or you might do them with other uh, places from time to time, um, is it the type of thing where you do these things and then they come taste them and you uh, sort of together pick which ones are going to be from the release? Is that is that the way that it works? So, um, first of all, uh, because I know that you have uh, worldwide listenership, mm-hmm. um, you can find these all over the country. Okay, uh, just these special type of releases, right? These Maker's Mark Private Select. You mm-hmm. can find cool, unique, individual Private Select expressions um, that are made by uh, the people that you like to um, buy whiskey from. Uh, right whether it be bars and restaurants or uh, spirit retailers. Um, so I'm interested in the process, though, when, yes. when you guys get together and choose. You sample the barrels and choose, okay, this is going to be one of our rele- one of our special releases. Uh, a, how often does that happen? And B, how do I get a job like that? Oh, yeah, right. when, when do we get the call? So it's um, that is something we can certainly talk about pretty okay. soon. Right. Uh, we have... Um, why it's something important that you mentioned is uh, selecting the barrel. Mm-hmm. While that is how it works with most distilleries, because at Maker's Mark, our hallmark is consistency. Right. We're rotating our barrels. We're sure. aging to taste, not time. That gives us um, barrels that all come out tasting exactly the same as one another, and that's the goal. And yeah. so what we're doing is instead of tasting uh, barrel samples, we are literally creating the recipe mm. by tasting these individual so wood like, stave profiles. Going for, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
exactly. Okay. And then um, when, I, when I host one of these, I myself like to contribute very little of my own opinion because it really is a reflection of you, the creator, mm -hmm. and what it is that you seek to create. Uh, you mix and match the different wood stave profiles uh, for a total of 10 staves to create something that's all you, completely unique, all your own. I mean, that's a lot of variations mm -hmm. you can make. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. And we got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Let's do a little uh, beer tasting here. This is the uh, beer that I mentioned earlier from Ingenious, and these guys really are kind of geniuses. So, uh, but this so is their join the tart. Join side. the tart side, Berliner Weiss style <laughs> ale with blood orange, black cherry, pomegranate, lime, blackberry, and boysenberry. And you would not even expect this, but goes well with this whiskey. It kind of does. Yeah. I was yeah. I was actually a little worried about that, <laughs> to be honest, because sometimes when you get Man. in these these tart things, yeah, you know, it, it kind of messes. Uh, so with this that. is coming in at six point eight percent. It says, "Aren't you a little short for uh, stormtrooper?" Join the tart side is an intergalactic <laughs> fruit basket that's sure to hit the uh, mark, unlike uh, those wily troopers. This is really good. Like, this is, uh, it brings me back to when I first discovered the first Berliner Weiss that I ever got, like, really, really interested in was uh, the Boiler Room. Uh, oh, from, yeah, Boiler uh, from Room St. from St. Arnold's fantastic. And, and it, was, it was just so good. It came in those big, you know, uh, bomber bottles, and it was only like 5 or $6. Yeah, 5 bucks. And it was yep. so good. And then that— they Like four ninety eight to be exact. They eventually just continued it, but they took the same— uh, the same Berliner Weiss and added raspberry and it became their raspberry AF, which is also very good. But I don't think that's still out, is it? Mm -hmm. I haven't uh, seen it a long uh -uh, time. No, no, no. But this, the but aftertaste this, on this, this that like available. blackberry and boysenberry yeah. oh, aftertaste yeah. on this is fantastic. Now, I like that they weren't afraid to let it be nice and tart also. Yes. I, I personally enjoy the tart beers more than I enjoy the sours. I mean, I, I like I a too. good sour from time to time. But this is my favorite way to do a little bit Go of back to your whiskey. tart and sour. Oh, after this? <laughs> yeah. I'm almost afraid to, but... And just think gingerbread oh, yeah. man. Oh, dude. Dude, that's good. That, make, that makes me think of Nicolas Cage movies. That's really good. Uh, all right. We have to take a break, but we got more tasting to do, more Maker's Mark, and uh, we'll be right back at Smoking and Justin. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Nice to have you guys on with us for uh, show number, what is this, 327. When we get to 333, that's going to be our anniversary show. We'll be inviting back. You're, you're invited. Uh, even you are invited, Alan, which I've is amazing. I've already RSVP'd to Mary. Okay, all right. So you're good to go. The, the anniversary show, we will invite back every single person who's ever been a guest on the even show. Even Alan? Even Alan, yeah. And a lot of them won't be able to make it, of course. Not not everybody can. But we'll have quite a group there. And you will see me struggle to hit any of the time cues for syndication for <laughs> two hours. And then we'll just keep going. When we did the 100th show, that was the first anniversary show that we Four did. Four and a half hours? Four and a half hours long. So I, I was asking uh, Ian earlier when we were smoking, I said, hey, now that y'all are syndicated and you have your time blocks that right, you right. have to – how are you going to do this show? And he's like, oh, no, the rest of it after the time blocks. Where <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, and that that's the thing. Everybody will just have to put up with me, you know, throwing to the brakes. But then once those first two hours are done, 
I'm just gonna sit back and drink and smoke cigars, and you guys can you guys can do all the talking. That's what's fine with me. I'm just looking forward to it. Speaking of cigars, uh, seeing how there's no shortage of expensive cigars these days from Cuba or Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic, uh, CLE Cigar Company has decided to tap into that spendy market. They're releasing a pair of high-priced Hondurans. Uh, the new Asylum Sensorium will be shipping to retailers next week, coming in two sizes, one retailing for $50 each, okay. the other retailing for $60 each. Uh, both of these are made in Honduras by Christian Arroyo, and uh, they are composed entirely of Honduran tobacco. Now, uh, when we visited the Arroyo family, Christian wasn't there, but we visited Julio and Justo mm -hmm. and got to uh, take in some of their uh, farm and, and factory and stuff. If you're listening, AJ, we do get invited to do that sometimes. Um, but one of the things that was so interesting to me was how reasonably priced their whole line was. Yeah. So yeah, this is the absolutely. brother Christian, the guy that started Camacho and and then uh, eventually sold it. But he's going to uh, jump into this super premium. And I just don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I, I how good does the cigar have to be to drop 50 bucks on it? So I will never know unless someone gives me one. Right. Like I, I will tell you, so the most expensive cigar I've ever bought with my own money is the 45th anniversary Padron. And that took what 40 bucks 35 ish 35 ish yeah. Yeah. yeah 35 and i will tell you that's a 35 dollar cigar and it's worth every penny of that 30 mm -hmm. it's amazing mm -hmm. it's unbelievable it, it's fantastic well i suppose so i don't, don't have to sell a whole lot of the 50 or 60 dollar cigars <laughs> to make some money because i can't imagine there's you know there's not an incredible markup on that i'm sure it's great quality tobacco but did it really cost them you know i don't know what Forty bucks to build the cigar, and they're charging sixty. Yeah, you know, it's rolled on the thighs of virgins. Well, I've heard that ninety-five-year-old yeah. tobacco. I've heard, I've heard that. <laughs> and, but, you know, it's like that with the Cubans that they've talked about. So, are, if, it, uh, if there's any uh, uh, smoking and toasting super fans out there, and you want us to. Uh, <laughs> To, to review these cigars. Yes. You can send them to us. Yes, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. Just email us. It's st at rfcmedia.com. We'll send you the address. St at rfcmedia.com. And we'll be happy to cover your postage. So we'll I want to know what the price of quality index on that cigar is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do I. I'm a little curious. And you, you'll find out if someone buys us one and says it's it. It's almost tempting to buy y'all one just to see y'all smoke it just so I can hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We've only got a couple minutes left in this segment. This is going to be impossible, by the way, at the uh, anniversary show. Uh, but I do want to talk about this next expression of Maker's Mark. So tell us about this particular one. All right. So this one's called Texas Two-Step, um, keeping with our Texas theme. We've got one of our baked American pure stave, two of our seared French cuvee stave, and seven of our Maker's Mark 46 stave. So this is wonderful. I want to like, say, yeah. this is so good. I want to say vanilla and dark cherry. Uh -huh. like, That's why I'm loving it. I love cow. that vanilla. Love that vanilla. I myself also get quite a lot of red fruit out of it. For me, it was red apple, but that, mm -hmm. yeah, dark cherry, I 100%. It is. This is just outlandish. Wow. Uh, so I want to talk more about this uh, in the next segment before we get to the next whiskey, because this one is deserving of us taking some time and really discussing what's happening here. It doesn't feel as highly proofed as the mm. previous one. Uh, I'm not saying it's not, but uh, how does it compare? It is 109.6. Wow. So, so it's one actually higher. one more. Yeah. 109.6. This one goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is 
it's gentler somehow on the palate, I think, than the first one was, but it's it's just so delicious. It's fantastic. Oh my goodness. The burn subsides like right. really quickly. Right. Yeah. Right. Where the other, the first one, it lingered a little bit. Not yep. not off putting, but this one, the 100%. burn just goes this away. This one leaves 100%. a little spice linger on the center of the tongue, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really nice. And it's, yeah. it's just, I don't know, just very pleasant. It's a, for, for something that is. That highly proofed, it is fairly gentle uh, in terms of the way it comes at your palate. So great stuff. We'll talk about this more and try the next one when we come back. Plus, we're creeping ever closer to time for drinking news. We'll be getting to that in the next segment or two. It's smoking and Toastin. Thank you for joining us. More Maker's Mark to come. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My uh, partner in crime here uh, is Ian Barry, and we have uh, we have a double uh, double guest lineup today. We have, of course, uh, from uh, Maker's Mark and from Beam Centauri, Rachel Bloom is with us, and then our good friend Alan Denny joins us as well because he heard we were going to have really good whiskey on today's show. <laughs> that That's Alan, every uh, show, and you know, otherwise it's like uh, you know he said during the break, "Hey, uh, I have to podcast." Again, when's uh, when's she going to be on next time? So, uh, so I'll be back. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, definitely nice to know. The whiskey market, by the way, is exploding worldwide. It's becoming one of the biggest thing. It was estimated at fifty nine point sixty three billion dollars in twenty nineteen, and it is expected to hit eighty six point thirty eight billion by twenty twenty seven. That's like an increase of 4.9% from 2020 to 2027. That's, I mean, uh, we knew the whiskey market was expanding and growing. Yeah. But what's interesting is it's not just growing with more whiskey. It's growing with more people buying and drinking uh, whiskey. And it's just, uh, I just find it really, really interesting that, that whiskey has become so, I mean, because it's not like it's a new, like, upstart thing. Whiskey's been, how old is Maker's Mark as a company? Maker's Mark has been around since 1954. Right. Um, and uh, have we've been making the same thing in this one place, this one way, since 1954. I think something that's changed, a couple things have changed, actually. I think uh, we as a society feel comfortable to enjoy the whiskeys that we want to the way that we want to now. Right, and there's right. less kind of prescriptiveness around how to drink whiskey, Right. Additionally, um, young women are are drinking whiskey now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, which it was always kind of a guy thing back in the day, right? <sighs> yes, yeah. perceived, yeah, <laughs> right, perceived, kind of again prescribed sure, that way. Right, right. You know, um, that's sure. that's how it was uh, marketed. And um, I remember a buddy of mine used to always say, "Real men drink brown drinks." You know, that was right. like his sort of you know thing. Right? It was just perceived as a more masculine thing. But you're right; there's plenty of uh, female fans of whiskey these days. I I think we're finding people of all (laughs) ages, all demographics, um, all backgrounds uh, coming together to enjoy what they want to enjoy these days. um, And it's kind of less. uh, And why is it, maybe I'm going to, this is totally off the subject, but why is it that so many women who drink spirits seem to be able to drink the guys under the table so consistently? Mm. Not saying in every situation. But why is it? Usually, women are like smaller. You would expect them to have less uh, uh, ability to uh, to process all of that. But like for some reason, I know so many women who are spirits lovers who can drink their guy under the table anytime. Challenge accepted. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Careful. Do you, do, you have, do you have a theory? 
Um, I do. I think that for uh, a really long time, women were expected to kind of um, portray ourselves as very demure. And so that wouldn't have been an attractive thing for mm. us to be able to do. And it is probably something we've always been able to do all By along. the way, I think it's very attractive, just so you know. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <coughs> okay, so uh, here's Ian, a question. Yes. Grapefruit much? Uh, so you have Ooh. poured us this beer, and this is... Uh, and we'll we'll just go right out and say it. Dogfish Head is one of our favorite breweries. We and love. You can't even guys. get your nose close to this without getting the Ooh, grapefruit yeah, right baby, off. Yeah, that, that is, smells amazing. And it also almost smells like the grapefruit peel, like the the uh, the the zest, the zest of of the grapefruit. Yeah, as opposed to being that more or that pulpy juicy, inner lining uh, almost. Right. Yes, absolutely. But that's um, on the nose. What do you get on the tongue? So it's it's interesting because it says uh, ale with uh, grapefruit juice and blue agave nectar. Oh. And I guess the agave nectar is giving you that kind of sweet and slight bitter on the back. Right, kind of offsetting the grapefruit. It's an interesting bit. thing because you'd think with, with as big as this is that it would finish bitter, but it doesn't really. It finishes crisp. Yes. But not bitter. And also, uh, this is 8%. Oh, yeah. There's that double. That's that yeah, word double. Double gold nail. It's yeah. at 8%. It says, uh, our perfect storm infusing double gold nail with grapefruit juice, lime peel, and blue agave nectar. Um, that's... I can I can actually taste the blue agave yeah. nectar. Yeah, I can. It's uh, this is quite good. I, I love you know Dogfish Head isn't quite as far out on the like crazy experimental spectrum as like an Ingenious, for example, or or some of the other. But but these guys really do some very interesting and kind of off the beaten path yeah. type of beers. I, I love their experimental nature. I, it's funny because I get the lime peel uh, on the nose, especially when you're looking for it. You can kind of Smell it through the grapefruit. I don't get a lot on the flavor on the uh, on the initial taste at all. No, I, I agree. It's it's definitely on but the this nose. This is it's oddly good. This is, yeah. this is that's a great way to say it because yeah. it's not a typical sort of beer. T it doesn't taste like an IPA or a lager or anything that you would compare it to. But it's definitely also as big as it sounds. It's not like it's hard to drink either. It actually right. goes down like real easy, like a like a nice fresh uh like like almost like a cocktail does you know yeah i think i would have guessed that this was maybe 5.5 percent yeah. abv if you had asked me to guess yeah there's mm -hmm. no booziness to it whatsoever what is the i always forget the name of it but the beer that um dogfish head did with the flaming lips uh it's like moon pools and caterpillars right. it was, or it's, uh, that, that's not right but it's something like it's it that beer is so good. I'm blanking on it right now, but uh, I had it one day at Flying Saucers, uh, yeah. which is a place where you can get like a, a flight and you, uh, they have them down in use. You got to pick your flight, and I, I decided to try that, and it was so good that I immediately went out and bought some. Uh, it was just, yeah, we had it on, the, had show it on the show and talked yes. about it. And it's not moon pools and caterpillars. It's something it yum yum. Oh yes, something and yum yum. Something berry rainbows and yum yums or something, something like berry that. yum yum. It, it, it is dragons. Really, Dragon berries. And yeah, yum, yeah, right? that is so good. And this reminds me of it a little bit. It's not. It doesn't taste the same, but it it brings that back to my mind. I went back and listened to the Yoshimi album. That's Dude, that's genius. So good. That is a it wonderful is so record. Good. It's probably their best record in my opinion. Although, I know hardcore fans of the band would probably pick another one, but I, I, that, I don't that's know. The one man, that does it's it so me. good. Yeah, that's the one that does it. That for weird me. synth with the acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah. It's and just the whole so bizarrely cool the together. The concept of the lyrics of Yoshimi versus the Pink Robots. The story behind it is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So uh, every now and then we do offer music suggestions here on the program. That would be uh, one of them.
So, and by the way, the new Ed Sheeran record's really good too. I haven't it's listened to that yet. Totally, totally different, but really, really good. I, I recommend it highly. Uh, you know what else I recommend? Maker's Mark special releases. I think we should try another one, don't you? If we're um, ready to try another one, not um, gonna turn that down. Well, do we do we need to talk anymore about that second one? Because that was just that was so it was sublime. genius. It was just yeah. absolutely well. That second sublime. one. So, uh, what, if uh, if you want, that was uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear what you uh, what kind of flavor notes you pulled from it. One well, vanilla was the big baked one. American yeah. pure cast, two seared French cuvee casts, and seven Maker's Mark forty six casts. That was it. So I got uh, off of that last one. I got um. A lot of vanilla and and uh, mm-hmm. and that dark cherry and that was that was the big things and then you mentioned apple so I was getting that on the uh, aftertaste uh, and a little bit on the retro hail even I will I will just mention too that the the way that that one just kind of danced on the palate it was it was more delicate than the first one the first one came up and said hi I'm a whiskey boom I'm gonna like mm-hmm. I'm gonna rock your world here this one was so much more. Uh, subtle. It was it was more delicate. It just kind of danced on the palate for a minute, and I, I think you said the the heat went away almost immediately. immediately. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a big dry punch, and then um, a nice soft kind of gentle finish. I get a little bit of kind of marshmallow, almond blossom, orange blossom, right, right. golden honey. Oh what, yeah, that's what, after after tasting it a little bit too. <laughs> I said there was a floral thing, and you were like, I was just writing down orange blossom at the same. What time. you guys may not know though is that during the break, Rachel said, uh, "I said that's really amazing," and and she let us know that. It is so good, but it was not actually her favorite of the five. So Uh-oh. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see yeah, where we go favorite. from there. So this is the third one we've tried. Tell us the name of this one. This one is called Giddy Up. Okay, so Giddy the, on up. The first one was not my first rodeo. Yes. The second one was... Texas Two-Step. Texas Two-Step, and this one is Giddy Up. Giddy Up. So um, something that I really love about this series is that uh, I'm seeing some number zeros on this bottle. I'm seeing some really high numbers on this bottle. Yeah. That means that uh, Specs, when they designed these recipes took big swings you know big bold choices instead of just because you also can make a recipe that's two 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 balanced very reliably balanced right Right, that's you know but but here they here they got a little more adventurous they did yep they they made some uh they they swung for the fences on these so giddy up we've got three of our baked american pure stave one of our seared French cuvee stave, zero of the 46 or the fro- the roasted French Mondiant, and six of our toasted French spice stave. So I, I just want to say something. Have, you've sipped already? Yes. Have you? Has everybody sipped? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want to say, if, if, you're, if you've ever been, you know, at a party, and, and let's say there's not a huge selection of spirits, right? You always know you can go for the basic maker's mark. Like it's always uh, Oh, it's always good. It's yep. always consistently good. And the right? forty six is and the forty six is, is even is even better. <laughs> but that said, these are a really quantum leap, I think, from even the regular maker's mark. Same kind of consistency to them, but they take it just to places from a flavor standpoint that uh that you would not necessarily be expecting. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people who like very boutique whiskeys, let's say, might think, oh, yeah, but it's Maker's Mark. Like, it's not going to be as experimental, as interesting. And you'd be wrong. This is very this far is out compared very, to very, yeah. Yeah, either of And those again, that's not a knock on regular old Maker's Mark because it's quite good. But this is very interesting. 
very compelling. What are you getting flavor-wise? Can I go ahead and tell you now that you've all taken a sip and you're just enjoying the aftertaste? Can I say birthday cake? Oh, that's very mm. interesting. Birthday very cake. Very interesting. And maybe even a little cotton candy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, right up front, it's spicy. It's um, yeah. It's It's got this spicy punch. It's not a cinnamon. It's clove. It's, yeah, it's more like a yeah, all spice. Yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of thing right up front. And then when you take the swallow and it just finishes with birthday cake and sweetness, it's freaking delicious. What do you think? Caramel. Yes, there just is straight. Mm -hmm. and not 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 the off-putting caramel that you get with yeah. some whiskeys that you know, it's almost artificial. Right, right. This I know is what you mean. That they just made it in a pan mm -hmm. caramel mm -hmm. and you're just waiting for it to cool. And as soon as it does, you pop some in your mouth. That's this type of caramel. It's it's really spectacular. And then you drizzle it over a birthday cake. Yeah, oh, hey. drizzle. I, I myself I get a bit of caramel. a chocolate raspberry. Yes, I, I totally get that. I wouldn't have personally said birthday cake until you said it, and now I'm like, oh yeah, icing. The finish, yeah, the, yeah. The finish on that is like so. Raspberry and chocolate are two. Uh, that's one of the greatest combinations ever. That's in pretty the amazing. World, yeah. Oh you know? yeah. Because if you've ever had like. Just a really great chocolate cake with like red. Oh my God, it's so good. It's, and it's, it's there's red, an element of that here. Red velvet cake with a raspberry ganache with oh, uh, buttercream yeah. icing over oh. the top. I'm going to point something out though. Uh, uh, for my birthday this last week, mm -hmm. my mom made me a birthday cake. Mm -hmm. It was chocolate with chocolate icing, but mm -hmm. in between the two uh, layers of cake, she put rhubarb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, yeah. was it good. Yeah, see, I, I'm a little weird about rhubarb. Oh, I, man. I, I, don't, was, I don't know if I buy into it. It was that. about nine kinds of fantastic. Please tell your mom that my birthday is in November. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> I need that, please. And, and, you know, it's like that old uh, that old song from the 80s, Never Touch Another Man's Rhubarb. You remember that song? Yep. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, that was, uh, I don't remember the name of the band now. It was, back, <laughs> it was back in the weird 80s times, you know, when there were all these like weird 80s one hit wonder bands. Back before they invented things like PC and safety. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Exactly. Jack That's when I grew said up. said that in the original Batman movie. So is, Michael Keaton. is that where that came from? Never maybe? touch another man's rhubarb. Oh, yeah, so, I remember okay, him so saying thank that. You. In the... Thank you. By the way, let's just establish this right now. And I'm just going to say this, and you can hate me if you want. Michael Keaton is Batman. Batman. There is no one close. We got to take a break while people hate on me for that. Uh, and we'll be right back because we have more Maker's Mark and we have drinking news and we have uh, uh -oh, some very interesting uh, 512 uh, pecan border to try as well. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is all about. Craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I mentioned, because this is a short segment, we're going to go straight to the whiskey, but I do want you to uh, mention again, uh, Alan, something you were saying uh, during the break, which is that yeah. our uh, our favorite uh, whiskey event ever, uh, the Houston Whiskey Social, ever. is uh, is changing your uh, date a little bit this yeah, year. Is that right? Yeah, so um, the last couple of years on social media and direct text to chris hart <laughs> one of, i haven't your, seen him in forever like I, I it's actually been long enough that i miss him so he sent a miss you guys on our facebook yeah a few so his ago. his new job is uh he's a business consultant mm. and he's doing a ton of traveling i mean he's north carolina mm. he was in wisconsin for a while i can't remember where he's at right now but we chris got a lot of pushback um for having the social for what the first the date was yeah. yeah for the first weekend in november two big important things on that day one is biker rally down in galveston mm -hmm. which 
a lot of whiskey drinkers are are bikers as well. Sure, sure. And then the other is that is opening weekend for deer season. Mm, so a lot and, of people are getting out there for the first time. Yeah. yeah. So Chris looked at it and said, "Hey, I want to accommodate you." Now I don't know if this is actually true. Or Chris just got a better rate for the could be for the later yeah, date. Could totally be. But we did push the social back this year, and it is November eighteenth. And Ian and I have said this uh, from the very first time that we went to the Houston Whiskey Social. But as far as we are concerned, you'll back me up on this. This is the best spirits event we've ever been to. And we've, been to we've been to them in, uh, in multiple states, across Hands multiple down. cities. This is the good one. It yeah. is really so much so that I invite you guys uh, who don't live in Texas and every to year, visit Houston and go Every this year that you guys do this, you guys improve it, and it gets better. <laughs> yeah, like the first 100%. year there was lines for the bathroom, you solve it. Got right there was it. not enough food, you solve it. You just Every year there's some little mm-hmm. thing that you just keep getting better and better. It's amazing. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention while we were talking about the Whiskey Social, I just kind of absentmindedly took a sip of this, not even really mm-hmm. thinking about it. And wow. This is brown sugar and wow. spice and everything nice. Yes. Tell us about oh the what's the name of, of this one, Rachel? Um, this one is called The Stars at Night. And Our I big think, and bright. Clap, 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 clap. Ah, you know, it's funny you say that because the final one, Ian, can you read what that label says? The final one is called? Big and bright. Big yeah, and bright. so this yeah. one is The Stars at Night. I think that um, of all of them, we have a couple that are going to be um, really our big aroma expressions, and this is certainly one of those. I will just mention, by the way, as, as songs go, you know, we have Deep in the Heart of Texas, which is a very Texasy song. And I would I always assumed that every state had, you know, something similar. When I when I moved to uh Boston, which I loved living in Boston, but they, they don't have like a, a song like Deep in the Heart of Boston. Yeah. They have some they have some horrible song about the muddy St. Charles River. It's like it's lame in comparison uh to to Texas. So just wanted this to put a, that out. This, has this a is great. Silky, this has a silky, silky kind of chocolateiness to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, a like a um uh, the, uh the, It's the, almost you know what it reminds me of my mom my mom makes the best fudge I've ever had because mm. it's very gritty. And like Aww. when I go buy fudge, like from a fudge shop, and it's real creamy, I don't like yeah. it as much. Gritty fudge. This is almost has a little bit of that sort of same quality as a good gritty fudge. Crystalline, crystalline texture mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this one. Let's quickly talk through some flavor notes on this one. Um, okay. I myself uh, get a lot of kind of nutmeggy, chocolatey, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think mm-hmm. is. I can go um, with that. I think that finish is silky light. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, I get so much berry, vanilla. Angel food cake, whipped cream, white pepper, cream cheese frosting. Can get all of that. White yeah. pepper never would have thought of it, but I'll, I'll raise you up one too. There's a on the very finish of this. There's almost a uh, a buttery note to it that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that kind of lingers. So for me, that's been Maker's Mark as a whole. Yeah, is a, a sort of a buttery kind of finish yeah. to totally, it. Yeah. yeah, we were talking earlier about how Maker's Mark is you can always be your go to, and that's the nice thing about if you get draped into going to an Applebee's or an Olive Garden. There, right, there's right. always you, a maker's mark you there don't that you can have, always go you back to. You don't have to go Jack Daniels. You know, yeah. you can and Jack Daniels, they make some wonderful whiskeys. But it's not just old not the seven. old number seven. No. Like, exactly. Well, what are they why is that so popular? I mean the branding's uh, yeah, awesome. The, the like, branding everything is else bourbon. they make is amazing. Because it's bourbon. Because it's bourbon and we'll be back with more coming up at Smoking <laughs> and Toasting. Oh uh, uh drinking news is next. <laughs> I feel like you might be biased. <laughs> Oh, well. 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, in today's case, uh, great whiskey. I'm still enjoying this last expression. The Stars at Night? Was that was that what that one's called? That one, yes, was yeah, the, the Stars, stars at, at night. night. All right. So if you are in uh, Texas and you're at a spec store, you can look for these. Um, but you were saying, though, if you're uh, living elsewhere, that you've done these kinds of things with different... Um, spirit retailers all over the country. Is that right? Uh, yes. So um, in uh, it's a very special thing that where we partner with um, some of our favorite uh, Maker's Mark supporters. Um, it. Yeah, it's it's a <clears throat> rare privilege to get to take part in this program. Um, but in all 50 states, you should be able to find some of these. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Made by it. your favorite people. Absolutely love it. Well, I'm so glad you're here. This will be your first time to experience it live, at least, uh, because the over the years that we've been doing the show, this has, in fact, become the most popular segment on Smoking and Toasting. It's a little something we like to call Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh... Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So, drinking news is our segment on the program where we uh, bring you a news story from some at least quasi reputable news stores. You know, as great as the Onion is, we stay away from the parody sites. These are actual news stories that have appeared somewhere in actual news, and we report them to you. Now, they are often about drinking. Yes. Not always, but often. But they are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And we're into four now of the five samples of Maker's Mark, so uh, we've definitely been uh, drinking. It's no secret to those of us here at Smoking and Toasting that we enjoy our, you know, having ourselves a drink every once in a while. For some of us, more than once in a while. Is dozens in a while a thing? Is that a thing? Dozens <laughs> in a while. Yeah. But even with that said, there are certain things in life that are not recommended for you to do while you're drinking. We've all seen the warnings about operating heavy machinery, right? Although I always wonder just how heavy a machine has to be in order to qualify and fall into that, that category, right? Uh, there's these electric scooters that I see swarms of kids riding around on downtown. They aren't all that heavy, but I still, I don't know, I'd still recommend thinking twice if you're five or six margaritas in. I'd add to the heavy machinery warning a few of our own. When you're drinking, is definitely not a good time to consider getting married, especially if you're in Las Vegas, and especially if you've only known your potential spouse since the two of you went on a run at the craps table about an hour ago. I'd also argue that public speaking, you know, even if it's just at a PTA meeting, is probably not a good idea. <laughs> Going to the meetings to watch some drunk idiot go on and on about education and how we should ban one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. And that can be entertaining. That's subversive. But you don't want to be, you don't want that drunk idiot to be you. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> and in most cases, you probably should avoid drinking at your job. Now, it's true, we do drink on the job here at Smoking and Toasting, but in fairness, our job is drinking, so don't hate the players, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> but if your job requires you to have your crap together, 
because your profession involves you know doing something with Wait, a does certain that mean degree of our precision. job is to have our crap not together it, it, it well. doesn't doesn't enter into the job description my friend <laughs> noted <laughs> okay uh but if your profession involves doing something with you know with a certain degree of precision you know maybe wait until you're off work and at happy hour with your buddies to imbibe uh that is why we were very surprised to learn of something called bubbles and botox oh it is apparently Bub- bubbles and both now i've heard of i've heard of like uh, uh like beer and yoga yeah like uh, but bubbles and botox that's interesting yeah. it's apparently the brainchild of who else a Florida man, a Florida man <laughs> named Nelson Turin, who was throwing these procedure parties where you could enjoy procedure parties. where you could enjoy champagne. The alliteration is strong with this one. Yes. <laughs> you could enjoy champagne while you were getting your lips puffed up or whatever. The problem is uh, Turin was not only providing the bubbles, but he was actively drinking them while he worked along with something I've never tasted and don't really want to, called Four Loco. F-O-U-R-L-O-K-O. Are you you guys familiar with Four Loco? Oh, yeah, you're missing out. Unfortunately. In addition to performing the Botox treatments while under the influence, Turin was charged with injecting unknown substances into patients' faces while impaired and without a medical license or any of the appropriate state certifications. Florida man. Because Florida. Uh, according to uh, uh, according to Wikipedia, which we all know, of course, is always true, Four Loco branded products have been the object of legal, ethical, and health concerns related to the company allegedly marketing them to underage drinkers and the danger of combining alcohol and caffeine. After the beverage was banned in several states, they did a product reintroduction in December of 2010, removed the caffeine, the taurine, and the guarana as ingredients, and the malt beverage is no longer marketed as an energy now drink. Now it's just three loco. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one has to wonder how widespread this Botox and bubbles idea actually Botox is. Botox <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there's a lady in my building that I wind up on the elevator with every now and then who's clearly had some horrific face work oh, done. Oh. Uh, and I have to wonder if four loco may have been involved in some way. Right, have you seen George Benson recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Killer guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. Well, this woman looks a little bit like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So, uh, you know, and I, ran into, I ran into her on the elevator, and I'm just waiting for her to say, my precious. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we all saw, by the way, uh, what Michael Jackson wound up looking like after having, you know, too much Botox or facial surgery or whatever. And hey, Mickey Rourke, anyone? Mm. I mean, there's something definitely loco going well, you know, on. There. His, his, something happened to him, right? His yeah. boxing days didn't do a lot for yeah. his face. No. And yeah. so I yeah. feel like he was Honestly, trying to get it back. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not working. I mean, the it's first choice was I'm a pretty guy, I'm going to box. Oh, yeah. The dude was a great, I mean, he was great looking. <laughs> like, I saw five and a half weeks, right? He was right? like, Come on, he's with Kim Basinger. That's how good looking he was. He, she was like the hottest movie star at the right. time. He does the sexy movie with her, right? Huh, come on. Joan anyway. Rivers, the last 10 years of her life. Exactly, exactly. So listen, the next time you're going under the knife or the needle. As now, see, I be. wish I'd have learned that one because that's under the knife is a <laughs> yeah. Twisted Sister song. Yeah, right. Uh, but the next time that's happening to you, I think that you're completely within your rights to demand that the doctor not only show you his license, 
<laughs> but also compete some kind of field. You complete some kind of field sobriety <laughs> test. You know, uh, let's see him walk a straight line or stand on one foot and touch his nose. Or I mean, the real question is, what kind of bubbly things. was he drinking? Was it like Vuvuzela? Was it real bubbly or was it like California bubbly? What's going on? I'm guessing it's not Vuvuzela if he's. Chugging down I mean, four loco. Four loco is uh, carbonated. So. Oh, that's the bubbly. Sorry. Yeah. So here's the question: Was he still injecting the Botox, or was he putting the needle into the four locos? <laughs> it might have worked better if he had. Anyway, you know, get, check out your doctor before he gets busy with a needle or a scalpel. Because after all, you don't want to go in looking like carrot top and come out looking like. Carrot top. Actually, <laughs> that, that, that's a bad example. You don't want to look on carrot top at all, whether it's the before or the after. But hey, but he got buff. I think you get what I'm saying. Um, so that yes. is why I will pledge to you right now that while I have zero plans to stop drinking, I do solemnly swear that I will never drink and operate on any of you at the same time. Have my word. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Thanks, man. By the way, detectives uh, staged an undercover operation to catch the four loco pretend doctor drinking and operating. And, <laughs> How do you get tipped off? To that? They also Someone comes up with a fat lip. Oh, oh, well, that's I have that here. They also found that what he was injecting into at least some of his patients was well past its expiration date. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying when good Botox goes bad? Yeah. That's like, what? Right. You know, I wouldn't even drink expired milk, and I certainly don't want to get injected with expired Botox. What, what, what does that mean it does? Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I look goofy enough as it is. I don't need the well, expired Botox. Botox is not good stuff for you, right? Turin was charged with three counts of possession of legend drugs without a prescription with intent to sell and deliver, and uh, leading the public to believe that he was actually a licensed medical doctor. Legend drugs, by the way, are drugs which are required by law to be dispensed to the public only on a prescription or by a licensed physician. So there you go. Reporting live from Florida, where this plastic surgeon is telling me he can make me look exactly like a celebrity. Unfortunately, that celebrity is Steve Buscemi. Uh, my, my name is Cruz. This is kind of weird looking, and you know? that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And I was so I love looking... Steve Buscemi, by the way. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I, I was kind of weird looking, you know? I was looking forward to going to the RFC Media Botox Center when I left here. I guess that's closed <laughs> yeah, now. Is that, yeah. Wait, well, then why am I here today? I thought that was part of the deal. Is we, that told not... you, we told you if you just bring enough good whiskey, we'll give you the Everyone Botox. Everyone walks out of that room looking permanently surprised. Uh, I got to go, you guys. I thought. Yeah. yeah. I, I just love it when they can't smile. Like. You know, oh, I can't smile because of the Botox. It's yeah, it's when they just can't quite make the, yeah, ugh, it's it's rough. But I'm laughing on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because that's the only way I can laugh. Uh, we got another uh, whiskey in our hands here. Yeah, what's up, guys? What do we think of the aroma on this one? <laughs> the aroma on this one smells like, like, like dessert. It really does. It's got a, almost like a, a cognac a, smell to yes, it. Yes, yes, absolutely. What am I? There's uh, there's something in there. I'm tr it's uh, it's a it's like a dessert thing, and I'm not totally missing it. So for me, it's um, I get some frosting on the nose, and then caramel corn is would, the big one for me uh, when I taste it. I was gonna say creme brulee, like a little bit of that. I was kind of on the creme brulee thing, like the burnt caramel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, I um, myself also wrote uh, caramelized sugar, burnt sugar, caramel mm -hmm. crust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it smells so good. It's, it's this one. Has a creaminess throughout the entire uh, like mouthfeel that's it also completely different from the other. It ones. also on the finish 
almost says whiskey more definitively than mm. uh, than some of the others. You know what I mean? Not that that's a, uh, that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's just it more announces itself as I am a whiskey. Kettle this, corn. This is really good. Kettle corn. Kettle, kettle corn. corn. Kettle mm, corn. Very much so. <laughs> I love making some kettle corn. In fact, I got to get some on the way home. That's good. Our uh, our grain bill is quite high in corn. Mm-hmm. Even uh, even for a high corn whiskey, we are a seventy percent corn. And so, so, your grain bill is high. My whiskey bill is high. Ah, so, uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a, uh, I'm feeling you. Come on, I'm feeling you. Our alcohol bills, yeah, yeah. Are high. Oh, it's ridiculous. I go into specs, and like you know, the credit card comes out, and I think. Seriously, I'm spending this much, really? <laughs> what is wrong with me? And and what I really love, because I do buy uh, things for us to sample on the show, as well as stuff for my own personal consumption, right? Right. Oh. So I'm always coming in the front door of my building, and they're bringing me a cart to wheel it up to the elevator, right? And they're always looking at the box of the stuff that I bought. Like, do we have a total alcoholic in our building here? So yeah, uh, this is really really good. It it feels more whiskey-like than the others. Would you agree with that? You do get a bit of that kind of um, burn bite on the finish, that kind of esophageal burn that could be, um, that could be, you know, there's no rye in our grain bill, but just speaking about whiskeys in general, that could be rye that gives you that. It could be cinnamony that gives you that. It could Mm -hmm. be proof that gives you that. This one's 109.7, and I think that we are getting some esophageal burn on this one that kind of, it's like you said, it's like whiskey. Their third album was their best, esophageal burn. Esophageal burn. That was some of the best, like, death metal. What's all the big words? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but but this is really, really tasty. So what what we're looking at here is five bottles that look Almost exactly alike, and to be totally honest, are completely Very different, different each other. in she in the right. way that they approach yeah. the palate. You know, and so that's um something that uh, we brought up earlier a little bit is that Maker's Mark tried and true. You're gonna go to a a bar you don't know or a chain restaurant. You're mm-hmm. gonna go somewhere that maybe you don't go often. You see that red wax somewhere on the back bar. Right. You know, that's, you're, you, you know, know, you're gonna get something sure. reliable. You're fine, yeah. But uh, what we're able to do with our wood stave finishing, we're doing things that no no one else is doing uh, with wood stave finishing. We're really able to create just unbelievably unique, cool, crazy things. I love uh, this. Yeah, it's very very cool. I, I really do. And you're you're so right. Not only do you have a like a core product that is reliably always good, but you're really pushing the envelope with these things, and I think that is just absolutely wonderful. It really is. These are all, these are all terrific. I'm having a hard time even picking a favorite. Oh, favorites, real quick, favorites. I'm gonna go with the second one. We'll do that in the final segment. All right. Uh, 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 I'm gonna go with the second one. I think it's it's a tough call between two and three for me, but oh, everything's. I'm going three, three, two, two. Oh, but they're all good. Like, see, you guys are wrong. I mean, <laughs> uh, you're always a little off the beaten path, even when we do like I, I a, am. a blind uh, blind taste test or something like that. I like also very bold flavors in general. Yeah, yeah you're a bold kind of guy. Come on, let's let, let's face it. By the way, I really really like the Florida Man song. Thank you for that. It's good. All right, we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It is smoking a toast, and one more beer, by the way, from Five One Two. We will taste this on our way out. Uh, it's smoking a toast, and thank you for joining us for the show. In the 
beginning. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we have had some amazing whiskey on the program today. Uh, all of these uh, very special bottles of Maker's Mark, all of them very different, which is, uh, to be honest, they you know, you showed up, Rachel, they all look very similar. And I would not have guessed that they would all be as individually different tasting as they are. When did these hit the shelves? This particular series was uh, from just February. Okay, so these have only been out for a fairly short time. And if so, you're in Texas, I would say run, don't walk while they're yeah, still available. Especially now that we've tasted these and talked about them. It's oh, like, yeah. holy cow. Because Ian and I, if nothing else, Ian and I and uh, and uh, Alan will be headed to pick our own. Directly so, affecting yeah, exactly, sales. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so what's next? Are you coming out with more of these? Um, yes. So uh, as I mentioned, you know, we have um, partners all across the country that we do private select with in, um, you know, uh, partners that are meaningful to us right and mm -hmm. so um it's not available all the time but it is available everywhere um around here in texas i would say that if you are a specs shopper um maybe this summer you can expect to get your just desserts but that's all i can say Ooh, about oh, that just as, okay you're gonna have to come back on with that because that sounds too good such a teaser line yes yeah. yes i love it so um if i'm in uh you know visiting florida or Arizona or, or wherever I may be, and I wander into a place, I can pick up a Florida bottle of something there. Yeah. Our Florida man, I I have a, a lot of affection for our Florida man. He's never bitten off anybody's face on bath salts that I know that's of. So, so good. that's it's such um, a good thing. You know, oh, uh, yeah. And by the way, I will also just mention as we get ready to taste this final beer, uh, that ever since the segment where we started this, like my cough hasn't really bothered me. So, I told you whiskey. Uh, yeah, I told you so. Totally working. Whiskey that right away. Totally Cask working. Strength. Yep. You haven't heard me off much at all uh you know what you, i love yeah uh, beer that beer? looks like this yeah like like motor oil is what yeah, you're pretty saying much. yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, viscous smells is, like this too there is viscosity <laughs> the first time i ever heard the word viscosity was on a motor oil advertisement on mm -hmm. television uh, but now I understand what this it has, means. This, this has the viscosity of a slightly used motor oil. But, um, 512 is a brewery in Austin, Texas that is just out of this world. Good. So Pecan Porter is is kind of a staple for 512. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, and it's one of the best porters there is. So if you ever happen to be passing through the area or someplace uh, somebody you know lives around here, get some. It's fantastic. So this, this is their 2022, correct? Because they the do it different every year? Double Pecan Porter and barrel aged. And mm. it is... It's brutal in the best possible way. Ale brewed with pecans <laughs> aged in whiskey barrels. You gotta love that. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Three months in barrel adds notes of vanilla, oak, and caramel to the chocolate, coffee, and pecan in this luscious beer. Uh, so mm. the beer starts off as the basics with those big notes anyway, and then you barrel age it. And it just takes everything to an incredible level on this. Yeah, it totally does. This has got... It, it's big, it's boozy, and it's wonderful. I will say it's got like a, the nose has a bit of kind of smoky barbecue to yeah, it that mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. um, 512 Pecan Porter, the, the classic uh, iteration of that, does not have this I kind of barbecue smoky. I love that you smoky. know that. Can I just tell you that? I love that you know that. I am actually a pretty big fan of uh, 512 Pecan Porter. Okay, has well, been a, a favorite of mine for a pretty long time, it's actually. It's a wonderful thing. It's so, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's just it's just huge. The flavor just goes to, to 11 on this. It's absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous, but it's all the things you like in there plus extra stuff yeah what's yeah. abv on this one nine 
ish. So what what do we have? Nine point five. So I, I know taste it. I know all yeah. of the whiskeys were overproofed. What we were what were our three beers? Was it like six and eight and nine? Was so that- we started at six point eight on the uh, ingenious. Then we went yeah. to a eight percent on the dogfish head, and a nine point five on the. Um, double so that's quarter. our show ladies and gentlemen thank you for being here <laughs> <laughs> uh, i never liked Seriously, you this, after this, all this was a pretty big <laughs> show uh rachel thank you so much for being here on the program oh. today this was great fun it's been such a pleasure i, I will be back for my rhubarb cake okay. from ian's mom well and i hope so. you will, i hope you will also be uh at our uh, anniversary show coming i up would on the love 19th. to how you're gonna fit uh, us all in this room i don't know oh, but i'll be, 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 be delighted it to be, be here. here we'll be uh, we'll be outdoors actually so we can smoke cigars and pipes and uh, whatever else people want to smoke and and enjoy uh, great stuff want to very quickly say thank you to our special guest uh from last week uh, greg doxakis from uh uh maison ferran and uh, of course robert licorice from oh, iron root yeah. they were so wonderful i love you docs yeah yeah docs, docs is every, awesome who doesn't love docs everybody no, loves right. docs that, i think so that's good. a i think that's a dr seuss book isn't it everybody loves docs <laughs> everybody loves uh, uh please join us next week joe breda with old humble distilling is going to be on our program he is a very very good friend of the show He's so fun he makes some amazing whiskey so we're looking forward to being on there and to having him on here and uh, again thank you so He's much right this around was, the corner from ingenious this, this was so much fun though thank uh, you so I much for had, having me we had such a good time and thank you for the amazing whiskey please tell your guys they're doing it right i'll tell them love them have a great week everybody and uh, as we like to say at the end of the show oh. cheers, cheers y'all. y'all cheers y'all It's alright when it's okay